following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. We are going to read a prayer of confession together. So often on Sundays we will do some, some form of prayer. Sometimes it's corporate prayer. Um, sometimes it's responsive prayer. Today we're going to do a responsive corporate prayer. And the words will be behind me on the screen. The words in parentheses are an invitation for you to say those words together. And this prayer of confession, uh, we hope, will help us come into our conversation next um, with an attitude of openness and prayer. Knowing that our God sits with us in our confusion, our doubts, our failings, and our struggles, we now come humbly before God to ask for mercy. For the times we fail to offer hospitality to those in our world who suffer injustice and oppression, we pray. God, have mercy on us and on your people. For the times we lack courage to address the causes of injustice and oppression, we pray to our God. God, have mercy on us. For the times we give in to despair and resignation when confronted with the injustice of our world, we pray to our God. Merciful God, receive our petitions. Heal the pain in our hearts and our world caused by injustice, indifference, greed, and fear. Open our hearts to hear the cries of your beloved people. Support us as we seek to respond in solidarity and with hospitality. Amen. So now I'll read our pre-sermon verse, Micah 6.8. God has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? So Scott is not here today. So I'm sorry to tell you, you are stuck with me for our sermon slot. Um, My name is Melody. I am a member of the leadership team. And I'm going to spend a few minutes talking about our value of justice. And then I'm going to invite Jean, who is the leader of our social justice team, to join me. And she and I will do a Q&A about some of our justice partnerships. So to begin, I'm going to read our value justice, which will be behind me on the screen. Our value says, we are captivated by the heart of God for hurting people and a suffering creation, seeking to bring compassion to those needs and a just end to their underlying causes. So our justice value, as I was reflecting on our value and thinking about preparing for this, I thought about the fact that I think there's two narratives about church and justice that are really prevalent. I think there's dozens and dozens more of narratives. These are not the only two. But I think these are two common narratives, at least in um, my experience. The first of those narratives is that the church shouldn't be very concerned with justice. And sometimes people who 
have that perspective, we'll use a variety of adjectives to describe churches that do care about justice. I will not say those adjectives out loud, but you might be able to fill in your mind what some of those adjectives are. So that, I think, is one narrative that justice, social justice, sometimes that conversation around that in church context makes people um, feel a particular kind of way. I think there's also another narrative. Oh, let me say before I move on that, I need to talk a little bit about how our other values intersect with our justice value, and I'll address that. I also think I'm making some sort of bad decision with my mic. Let's hope that was also the right decision. Um, <laughs> so uh, I think our other values help us think through that idea that church shouldn't care about justice and, in fact, help us recognize that justice is really the core of the gospel and what it means to be people who follow Jesus. So I'll loop back to that in a bit when I talk about our other values. The second narrative, I think, is a little less obvious, maybe a little bit um, quieter, but I think it's still there and has in many ways shaped the ways that um, people faith talk and think about justice. And that is the idea that injustice is something that happens outside of church, that injustice is outside these walls or outside of church communities, and that it is the church's job to fix that, to be an answer to solve things. And I think that's problematic. I think that injustice is a lot more complex I think it's a lot messier. The reality is that some of us have experienced injustice at the hands of the church, that often injustice has been perpetrated by the church, that injustice is done even more thoroughly, even if less obviously, by the church. And so I think it's important for us to keep in mind as we engage with our value of justice that the church can perpetuate injustice, that people in the church experience injustice often at the hands of the church, and that it's not an either-or. Injustice, oppression are everywhere, and we are all connected to that. And so I think that's a little bit of a different framing of justice that often gets talked about in church communities. And so what does that what does that mean then? I think it requires a certain approach to thinking about justice if we recognize the ways that injustice is in many ways embedded in the life of churches. And so the first thing I think it requires is that we draw near to grief. I think thinking about justice requires that we recognize our own grief. It requires that we draw near to the grief of our neighbors. It requires that we draw near to um, what grieves God. And I want to acknowledge that this can feel really overwhelming because there is a lot of grief in our lives and in the world. And I think that's why we need to do this kind of work in community, that we are not alone in this. And I'll say a little bit more about that when I talk about our community value. Related to grief, I think what reflecting on justice from this perspective requires is lament. I think we need to lament the ways that the church has often been a source of injustice rather than justice. 
I think we need to reflect on our own complicity in systems of justice and oppression, of injustice and oppression. And I think that lamenting requires reflecting and learning. So I think if, if as a church, we take the position of learners around issues of injustice, that, that shifts the narrative from we have all the answers and we're trying to solve this to we are intentional about learning, listening, reflecting, that it is not our role to fix or to save, but to partner in the process of justice. It sets us up as not the, not the solution. It sets us up as people who are part of the problem and also part of what it looks like to bring God's justice into our lives together. I think about lament and learning as connected to humility. Merriam-Webster defines humility as freedom from pride or arrogance. And I think the idea that injustice is something that happens outside of church really lacks an attitude of humility. Humility requires that we see how we too are perpetrators of injustice. And we can actually be both at the same time, perpetrators of injustice and people who have experienced injustice. And humility gives space and room for thinking through those connections. So then what does that look like practically? What does it look like practically to think about justice from this perspective of grief and lament, of learning and humility? The way that we embody that at Artisan is through partnership. We recognize that often it's been organizations that are not connected to faith that have done a much better job of working towards justice. And so we we work to partner and support those organizations. So um, once I finish, finish talking, I'll invite Jean up in a few minutes to talk about that in more detail. So how does this connect with our other values? I think... Uh, given that justice is, is a very big idea, um, our, recognizing our other values can help us think about what that actually looks like. So our value of roots, I think, can help us remember that justice is interwoven into the story of Jesus, that justice is the heart of God and is the heart of the gospel. It's not an afterthought. It's not an optional guac to add to your your burrito order. It's not extra. It's not additional. It is central to what the gospel is. And I think that justice has to be rooted in love. Otherwise, it often looks like injustice. And so thinking about loving our neighbor as a major root of what it means to be a person who follows Jesus can help us orient ourselves around what justice looks like, that it looks like love. Our value of beauty talks about co-creating with God, which is such a beautiful idea that we are co-creators with God, not in a distant future or a vague sense, but that we are co-creating with God here and now, that we are co-creating and co-caring with God for God's creation. Our value of awe talks about mystery and wonder. And I was thinking, I wonder if we 
really believed that we're all created in God's image and had some awe around that. I wonder if that would change the way that we think about each other and how we engage with each other and how we think about and engage with ourselves. And then finally, our last value of community. Our value of community and the idea of community says that we are all interconnected, that your suffering is my suffering, that my suffering is your suffering, that we recognize how we are all intertwined, that the fabric of what it means to be human is that we are all connected. And that requires a different approach to thinking of justice as this thing that's outside of ourselves. So I'm going to invite Jean up to do a Q&A uh, between the two of us about the social justice team. I want to emphasize that justice is not just the social justice team. Um, we at Artisan try to invite engage with justice in lots of aspects of what we do in our life together and in the community. Um, but for now, we're going to highlight the social justice team and look at some of the ways that we partner with organizations, as I said before, thinking about how other organizations have often been the leaders in doing the good work of justice, so how do we support that? So Jean is the leader of our social justice team, and so I'm going to ask you to tell us about some of the organizations that Artisan partners with through our financial support. Thank you. First of all, thank you, Artisan. Oh, sorry. <laughs> thank you to Artisan. Uh, because a lot of the uh, groups that we partner with rely on financial giving. So there is always that part of what we're doing. And so I'm going to review some of those partnerships with you um, and with this idea that we are learners and not fixers, as Melody said, and that in all humility, we look for people that need our support. So I'm just going to review some of those with you. And we have a slide. So the first one is Wilson Commencement Park, and we used to make dinner with women once a month at Sojourner Home, and we enjoyed that so much. Uh, and during COVID, that um, had to stop, of course. And then uh, Sojourner was uh, is now a thing of the past, and it, we've been absorbed into this group, which provides a lot of services for women, and especially those that are struggling with housing or may need some support and healing from um, abuse or addiction. Family Promise, you've heard a lot about. Dan and I just got uh, off of the weekend of Night Without a Bed, and we did a poverty simulation yesterday, which I, I'm thinking about so much because Melody talked about the pain of his injustice. And sometimes when you get involved with these groups, you see that, and it's a time of grief. And so yesterday, what we did was we had to fill out a DHS application, and we took on a scenario, and then we got told we had to sell our car, and we had to do all this. And it was to help us experience uh, what somebody might experience. So Family Promise is somebody we partner with and have partnered with for a long time. It used to be formerly Rain. The Catholic Family Center, 
uh, is uh, the center in Rochester that provides many, many services. But in particular, there are UN-sanctioned uh, refugee resettlement center. And so they help people resettle from around the world, from refugee camps and other countries. And so we have partnered with them for a long time. In fact, we just came off working with an Afghan family of, uh, with five children, uh, who were resettling after some very traumatic experiences in Afghanistan. The Ugandan Water Project is uh, related. So often there was somebody connected with Artisan that began that group, and they provide uh, some needed services in Africa, and we have supported them financially and uh, through some fundraising. Uh, next is Metro Hope Church. So Pastor uh, Jose Humphreys spoke to us, and he wrote a book called Seeing Jesus in East Harlem. And so we've been supporting him in his efforts to uh, provide some justice in East Harlem and in, in his community there. We have some one-time donations that we have sponsored. So somebody might have come to the social justice team and said, oh, this is a great group, and we want to support it. So we've done that with Bright Star, which is a group that helps female survivors of sex trafficking and other addictions and pro helps provide healing. We supported their gala. We helped Stephanie Woodward with her Empower Her Camp, which provides mentorship for young girls and girls who uh, have a physical disability and uh, need that support, and that's been a very big success. And we also are excited to participate with World Relief, which is now the second resettlement agency in Rochester for refugees, and we helped buy their van last year, and they are so grateful to artisan. You really can't help refugees if you can't drive them around everywhere. So that was really a valuable thing that we did. Thank you. And we want to emphasize that many of the organizations that we financially support do a lot of advocacy around these issues, too. So can you tell us about some of the organizations we support through volunteering? What has volunteering with organizations looked like? Okay, so we, um, so we volunteer and and even as I say that, I know a lot of you probably volunteer for organizations that we're not mentioning today. We'd love to hear about those. But we do help with Family Promise, and we're going to adopt a family at Christmas time to give them Christmas gifts. We have helped with St. Peter's uh, Food Kitchen. In fact, James Scanfito is running in the East, East Avenue run, uh, and uh, that his, what he collects there will go to St. Peter's. Karen Gallagher is uh, our representative of St. Peter's. And we're going to do a Christmas um, drive for blankets and toys and help them out also at the holiday. They provide lunches for over 100 people a day, probably. Right, Karen? Yeah. Yeah. What did you say? Over 200 a day uh, in Rochester. So there's an opportunity. We have, um, you can volunteer in any of these things, Annunciation House, um, the um, Keeping Our Promise, which is a group that helps SIV uh, soldiers and interpreters resettle here in the United States and in Rochester. And I can't uh, go further without mentioning Michael Brennan and Catherine Burke, 
And they sent me a bunch of pictures this morning, which I'd hoped to share, but I'd be happy to show anybody on my phone. They are today in a migrant shelter in El Paso, Texas, where they have served on and off, and we have done some fundraising for them. But they also volunteer with Keeping Our Promise, and they wanted me to extend that invitation to everybody. Anything from driving a person for one time or providing uh, some supplies. They have many, many car seats in their garage, uh, and they've enjoyed that process. Thank you. So obviously that was a lot of information, a lot of organization. So if we could distill this, if people are interested in learning more or um, getting involved, what would you suggest? Well, first of all, um, we need your voice. As Melody has pointed out, this it can be messy to get involved uh, in some of these areas. And so the best thing is for us as a community to come together. We love to hear about things that you already do. Uh, so we're having a social justice meeting on no Sunday, November 6th after church. And I'm hoping actually that we'll be in the lobby uh, for people also to just kind of ask questions, find out, for instance, maybe you just want to donate Tylenol to a group that needs uh, supplies, or maybe you want to use your time. Uh, and we'd also like to hear about what you do, because as Melody has so pointed out today, and Jesse inspired us too, all of our skills mm -hmm. contribute to bringing justice to our world. Uh, and it's really important to make a positive difference. Um, as Melody said, injustice is everywhere. So hopefully you can join us or you can email us at artisan at justice, there it is, justice at artisan church or catch one of us and, um, hopefully we can continue to grow in our ability to love our world. Thank you, Jean. Um, appreciate you sharing all of that and the work you do with the justice team. We are now going to take communion together. So um, if you are joining us on Zoom, I invite you to gather whatever elements you have. Those elements might be um, Cheez-Its and Capri Sun. Uh, whatever you have, it totally works. And here in the room, we have um, both wine and juice, both um, gluten-filled and gluten-free bread. And then we also have the individual packets if those um, work better for you. We always want to emphasize that you are also welcome to use this time for quiet reflection. So there's no, no shade, no shame. Um, no one will look at you askance if you uh, want to use this time to sit quietly. Yes? Um, so recently we shifted some of our giving, and I was wondering if um, we want to specifically donate above and beyond, like what we tied to some of these projects. Okay, that's a great question. So if you didn't hear that, the question was, um, are there ways to donate to some of these organizations through Artisan and specify that your donation is for those organizations? Um, the short answer is yes. The longer answer is that um, there's like, when you donate, there's drop downs to where to specify. And some of these are um, not listed yet, although there's a catch-all. So if that's something you're interested in, um, please 
email the justice email and we can send you the logistics. Um, we do want to emphasize that the ways that you all support Artisan does um, also support our partnerships, but we can also help you with the logistics of um, thinking through to do that more specifically. Okay, so um, I'm going to say a prayer um, over communion and once I finish, I invite you to um, come through the center aisle and then out to the side aisles um, and Again, you're also welcome to sit quietly and use this time for reflection. And if you're joining us on Zoom, hopefully I've now talked long enough for you to go get your Cheez-Its and Capri Sun. <laughs> we are all invited to share in this sacred meal of celebration. And it reminds us of God's gracious love and abiding presence. May the bread and cup remind us of God's abundant care and transforming love. Gracious God, we thank you that in this feast, you have given us yourself. Help us as we go about our days to see you likewise given in all that we eat and drink, all who we meet, and all that we behold. Help us to live in this wonder, so nourishing our souls that we may see your grace and love in ourselves and in everyone and in all the worlds. Amen. For more information, visit us at artisanchurch.com.